To the Becoming a Champion Show with Coach Dana Cavalier. Motivation, inspiration, and coaching to improve your performance so you can live the life of a champion in sports, life, and business. Let's go. All right, team, how are we doing? This is Coach Dana Cavalier coming at you with the Becoming a Champion Show, where we are all about inspiration motivation and encouragement to move you along your high performance journey and this week we're talking about good leaders and we're going to talk about bad leaders because if we're going to talk about good most specifically great leaders we have to also talk about bad leaders and I tell you what if I were to ask you right now to think about bad leadership and bad leaders that you've had in your life I bet you some names are popping up in your mind very, very quickly. But the same is probably true if I were to ask you to think of a great leader. Who's a great leader that you've been around? Who's a great leader that's in your life? You see, there are definitely more bad leaders than great leaders, but great leaders have a tremendous impact on our life, and we can't forget that. And when we come across one, it's amazing what happens to our game what happens to our sense of security as we go about our work whether it's our professional work or whether it's our work in sports whatever it may be but we feel so good when we're around great leadership because it gives us a sense of security that says hey i'm doing it i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing i'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing well, and when I'm not, this person lets me know that, but they do so in a way that's productive for me. They do so in a way that makes me feel like they have my best interest in mind, that I'm not just working for a paycheck, or I'm not just being used here to help somebody else uh, achieve their goals, or run somebody else's play, or help somebody else's agenda. That's what great leaders do. Great leaders say, hey, we're in this together, man. We are in this together. We're going to get through whatever it is that comes our way. We're going to get through it. And we're going to move towards what it is that we all set out to do. And that's, that's a very, very powerful thing. And I come across so many leaders today that say, I can't get my people to do this. I can't get my people to do that. And right away, it makes me ask the question, like, are you spending the time with your people? And they say, coach, I don't have time. I'm so busy. You know, I'm preparing my company for sale or I'm preparing for this or we're launching a new product or we're rebranding or I just don't have, I just don't have, I just don't have, right? And they always have a list of reasons why they can't develop their people or they don't spend the time developing their people. And that right there shows that they're going to struggle as a leader for a long time and their people are going to piss them off for a long time and they're going to have higher levels of turnover because they're not spending the time on their people. In the next uh, two months or so, I have a new book coming out called Habits of a Champion Team and it talks a lot about this. It talks about how a leader could get more out of their people by being there for their people, but not just being there, hey, I'm here, but actually figuring out what their people want, what their people need, and helping their people to articulate that. 
And when you can help your people articulate that and you align them to a common goal or a goal that says, hey, as you pursue this, you're also going to achieve what it is that you want because now I know what it is that you need and I'm here to help you get there. That is very, very powerful. I also think too, there's a dual responsibility, right? Our leaders have a responsibility to help their people get to where it is they want to go and to achieve an overall goal and outcome for the company and for everybody. But I also believe that the people that make up the team, the people that are being led also have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to tell the leader what it is that they need and or tell the leader the best way to communicate with me, right? The team member. So if I know how I work best and I can share that with my leader, wouldn't that be powerful? Hey, this is how I work best. If you want the most out of me, this is what I respond to. I respond to you pushing me hard, driving me. I'm a former athlete. Challenge me. Put me almost in a feeling of deficit because I love that. It gives me a chip on my shoulder. It makes me excited, right? So we as team members have to share that with our leaders. And we can't be afraid to because it's helping them. And we as leaders, we have to be open to our people sharing that. If you understand how you work best, it's up to you to share with your leader that communication style that you prefer. And you also have to share with that leader how to give you constructive criticism. So if if you're not doing something, how does that leader approach you? Because if we're going to be telling our people, our leaders, if, if as people or team members, we're going to tell our leaders what we need and how to deliver that, We also have to be very comfortable in telling our leaders when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, how to communicate with us, how to drive us, how to push us, and how to deliver the news. You know, it can't be sunshine and rainbows all the time, folks. We have to be open to the feedback and even the criticism that we need at times, and that makes us better. I could think back to times in my life where I struggled a bit and, and, you know, I'd have a leader, let's say the general manager of the Yankees come up to me and say, Hey Dana, this is what I need from you. And I would right away, I'd get a little snappy because I didn't want to hear that. But then when I digested it and I thought about it, I said, you know what, this person is taking the time to deliver me feedback. That's an amazing thing because most of the time, most people don't care. So when somebody's giving you feedback on how you can be better, be open to it. It's a very, very powerful thing that somebody cares enough about you to tell you what you're doing well and to tell you what you're not doing well. You got to be open to both. Like I said, going, going full circle here. It's up to us as team members to tell our leaders how we work best, how to lead us because they want to know. And as leaders, we have to create that environment where our people have the ability to tell us what it is that we need, how we, how, how to communicate best with us, right? That think about what that takes off of a leader in terms of pressure. Most leaders, we're guessing how to best approach our people, but if we can have our people tell us how to best approach them, that's an amazing thing. And it makes our life easier. And what we can do, and we do this in sports, right? We create scouting reports for each player on our team. You can do the same as a leader. Hey, when I talk to Michael, here's Michael's preferred communication style. Here's what he's looking to achieve. Here's what he wants out of 
his professional career. Here's what he wants out of his personal life. And I have it all here. This is the best way to communicate with Michael. Now, when I communicate with Jan, Jan requires this. Jan is not a former athlete. Jan does not like aggressive uh, push. She doesn't like that. She responds negatively. This is what Jan's looking to achieve in her life. So as we create these individual scouting reports, we can do really, really well as leaders. And, um, you know, I wrote a blog this week about great leadership versus bad leadership. And I talk about what does it mean to be a great leader and what does it mean to be a bad leader? And I will say this, as leaders, what we put out, we typically get back. So I wrote something that said, hey, a worried leader creates a worried team. A cheap and scarcity-driven leader creates a fearful team. A poor communicating leader creates a team that is a poor communicating team because the team doesn't know how to approach the leader. Poor communication leads to poor communication. A weak leader gets pushed around by their team. And a fearful leader micromanages their team. And if you think about that, right, we have a fearful leader, a cheap and scarcity driven leader, a worried leader, uh, a weak leader, maybe a leader that doesn't trust their team. All of that is messaging, both spoken and felt. And if your people hear certain words and phrases, it makes them feel uneasy. And if they see you behaving in a certain way, it could make them feel uneasy. Or it could work the other way because if we're, if we're going to talk about what bad leadership is, like I just did, I gave some examples to you. Let's talk about great leadership, right? A strong leader strengthens his or her team. A bold leader lifts their team, right? They show up bold. They encourage their team to show up bold and they go after it. A convicted leader instills confidence in their team, right? Our people are not afraid of making mistakes because we promote mistakes, right? Mistakes show that you're taking the lead. You're not going to be perfect every time, but neither is my, neither am I as the leader. I'm going to make mistakes. And when I do, I say, damn, I made a mistake. And I tell you, made a mistake. A passionate leader fills their team with passion and excitement. A courageous leader lets their team know it will all work out and it will all work out in our favor. This weekend on LinkedIn, I shared a post about a... a a Japanese general and the Japanese general was leading his people to war, leading his team to war. And he said, okay, I'm going to flip this coin. If it lands on heads, we will win the war. And if it lands on tails, well, we'll lose the war. So he flips the coin and he looks and he shows the team and he says, it's heads. And they go out and they win the war. And after the war, he calls the team together and he shows them the coin. And the coin had heads on both sides. He stacked the deck. He showed his team that, hey, we're going to win no matter what because we have heads on both sides. They didn't know that, but they performed to their highest level and to the expectations of the coin, right? The coin said we're going to win and therefore we're going to win. It's, it's like when you read your horoscope. You know, I'm not always into that, but sometimes I, I come across the paper and I read and I say, man, this is going to be a good week because look what my horoscope says. It's going to be a great month for those of us Libras out there. 
And we believe it. It's the same addiction we have to, say, a fortune cookie, right? We read this fortune cookie and we say, yeah, that's great. I relate to that. Or for those of you that drink that yogi tea and, and on the top of the, of the tea bag, uh, you know, the part that you hold, it has that powerful saying. And it motivates us and it inspires us and, and we relate to it. So always look at your life as a double-sided coin with heads on both sides. And no matter what you flip, you stack the deck because you believe what's going to happen. But as it relates to leadership, you can do that for your team. Just like that Japanese general did. He brought his team together. He showed them what they're capable of, what the outcome is going to be. And the team performed. And that's great leadership. It was a great example uh, and a great story because it shows us that we can actually truly inspire people to be great through our leadership and get them to believe in something bigger than themselves, get them to believe in each other in order to achieve that something bigger than themselves. And this is what makes it all fun. I speak to you every week. I come on the show, the Becoming a Champion show to make you a champion and to make you operate, to make you lead, to make you be a part of championship teams. But it starts with great leadership, and it's a word, I always say this, every time I talk about leadership, I say it's a very overused word, and it's spoken of in such Pollyanna context, and it shouldn't be. Leadership's gritty, leadership could be dirty, leadership takes guts, leadership may force you to call somebody out and say, hey, you're sucking right now. And today I see some struggle in leadership. I see in some companies, and listen, there's always a need for an HR department, but an HR department shouldn't be running the company. The leader should be running the company. People shouldn't be afraid to call a play as a CEO and as a leader because of what HR thinks. Leaders out there shouldn't have to do certain things because of, you know, what this HR department is, is, is saying they should be doing. We have to do what's best for our people. And sometimes that means challenging the norms and challenging what everyone else is doing and saying, Hey, that's great that they're doing that, but we're not, we don't have to do everything that other companies that are written about in the wall street journal are doing. We don't have to do that. We don't have to lead our teams the same way that every other author is saying to to run our teams, you know, something today, right? Everyone says, love your team, love your people, love each other. And I've been a part of many winning teams. And you know what? That never took place until we won. And then we loved being with each other and we loved winning together. That's what we loved to do. But we didn't walk up to everyone and say, you know, I love you. You're, you're, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not that. That's perfect world, you know, again, this Pollyanna viewpoint. And I'm not saying you should hate anybody either. But what I'm saying is let's approach our work with conviction. Let's approach leadership with an edge. Let's approach everything we do and demand excellence from ourselves and demand excellence from our teammates to our left and right. It's more about excellence than it is love. It's more about a standard that is high for self and everyone involved. That's what it's about. And when everyone holds themselves to a high standard and holds the company's performance and outcomes in high regard and at a high standard, you know what happens? You win 
And there's nothing more fun than winning. That's what we should all love. We should all love to win and win together. Winning alone, it's all right. But winning as a team is amazing. You know, I have a 2009 World Series championship ring. And every time I put that on, I think about all of those games in the playoffs that helped us get there. All the big moments from A-Rod stepping up to a player like David Robertson stepping up big coming out of the bullpen to Mariano Rivera shutting it down to Derek Jeter and all these players just performing at a high level and performing together and all those road trips we had that year and all the dinners that we had together that year and all the losing streaks that we had that year, but we came together and that's what it's about, right? Coming together, winning together and loving to win. That's my message for you. Love to win. Hold yourself to a high standard, the standard of excellence. Align to your company's vision, your team's vision, and that big goal of winning championships. That's my message for you this week, and I hope you enjoy it. But leadership's tough, and let's get serious about it, and let's not just approach it like a fun topic. You know, business is competitive. Team sport, team play of any kind is competitive. And let's have fun competing. Let's not shun competition, and let's not shun winning. We got to talk about winning, and we got to talk about winning And if we're going to talk about winning, we have to talk about winners. And that's what I want all of you to be, winners and champions. And you are. You have to see yourself as such, elevate your standards, elevate your game, and elevate everybody around you, and you will do a lot of winning. That's my message. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, like I always say, I'm trying to build this team of champions. I'm trying to spread this champion's gospel. I need you to do it. So help me do that and let's spread this message. And if you know somebody that could benefit from it, share it. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like, uh, give us a subscribe to the channel. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a review and uh, five stars is always appreciated. And for those of you that are not on my daily blog, head on over to DanaCavalier.com. It comes out every day. I write Monday through Friday, something inspirational, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or 90 seconds, no more than that. And it'll get you poised and primed to attack your day. See, I'm a coach. First off, I'm a coach, and I coach people every single day. I coach companies and teams every single day, and I know this. You must be touched every single day with a message, and that message keeps you focused, and it keeps you trending. You can't make your leadership and your development a once in a while thing. It is a daily thing, much like a baseball player takes batting practice and fields ground balls and plays catch and stretches every day. The same is true here. You got to be touched every day. And I deliver that message to you every morning, 9 a.m. It comes right to your inbox. So get on that blog, DanaCavalier.com. And I will see you all next week. I love doing this. Thanks for listening. And thanks for being a part of this community of champions. I'll see you soon. Coach Dana Cavalier. See ya. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Becoming a Champion show, share with friends, family, co-workers, and teammates, helping us to build a world of champions. And if you ever need a one-on-one coaching, reach out. Coach Cavalier would love to be your coach. Head on over to DanaCavalier.com. Hey.